0: Good morning and welcome to Morning Java. I'm Jeff Hartman, joined with Dave Molinari. But before we get started, we're sponsored by our good friends at Gecko Cafe and Market, which, by the way, in times like now where some people are uncertain about getting out of their car, they have curbside pickup. All you got to do is order on the app, go pick up your food, easy as pie. So, Dave, we're talking penguins here today. I want to start off talking about the qualifying round. The Pittsburgh Penguins are getting ready to play the Montreal Canadiens at some point. We're not sure when those dates are. But when they do, I wanted to ask you, who is the biggest threat to the Penguins that's not named Carey Price? Because everyone knows Carey Price. Everyone knows that he's one of the best goalies in the world. Is there anyone that pops off the page in terms of the roster that you're like, boy, they need to watch out for this this one particular player?
1: Well, there really isn't an individual who stands out. Uh, Thomas Tatar, forward, is a pretty fair goal scorer. Brendan Gallagher. Yeah, can score goals and he's a pretty good agitator. Uh, Shea Weber, the defenseman, has one of the most powerful shots in the league. But in general, uh, there really isn't an individual that I think the Penguins have to worry about uh, contending with other than Carey Price. But uh, there are a couple of qualities that Canadians have that will certainly get the Penguins' attention as they prepare for the series. Uh, Montreal has pretty good team speed. Uh, their coach, Claude Julien, uh, has installed a very good structure. Uh, Montreal can play pretty good defense. Of course, it helps to have a goaltender like Carey Price as your, your final line of, of defense. But if Montreal would, would carry through with its uh, with its commitment to playing well in its own end. Uh, it could pose some challenges for the Penguins.
0: You bring up team speed, and this is something that the Penguins used to win Stanley Cups in the past. Do you feel that this current defensive unit or the forwards that are playing two ways struggle, maybe in particular with teams that are really, 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 really fast, that can put them on their heels. Do you find that that's an issue with the Penguins, or do they handle that type of team very well?
1: Uh yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it gives them any more trouble than it would give any other team. I mean, okay. speed in general. Uh, I the Penguins certainly didn't pioneer the concept, but their success <laughs> in uh, Stanley Cups a, a few years ago uh, really put a spotlight on it, and more teams seem to emphasize that in personnel. Uh, in part because it it can be a challenge to contain it.
0: But I, I don't
1: know that the Penguins have any more trouble with it than uh, than any other club does.
0: So in other words, you're saying that the Canadians as a team, not necessarily as individuals, pose the biggest threat outside of the fact that they have one of the greatest goaltenders in the world?
1: Uh, yeah, that's that's safe to say. I mean, I, I do not expect any other individual other than Carey Price to play a headline role in stealing the series from the Penguins.
0: All right, Dave, so the second topic we're going to discuss today is actually something that I didn't know much about until we spoke prior to the show, and that was that the, there's a, a CBA agreement, or they're trying to get reach an agreement, on a new four-year collective bargaining agreement, the NHL and the Players Association, and they're trying to set a frozen cap at $81.5 million. Now, before we get started, explain what this projection is for those that don't know in regards to what is a frozen cap. And you even said that it's not even linked to revenue projections, which is strange to me. Why don't you go and explain that first?
1: Well, normally, which nothing is normal anymore, (laughs) uh, the the NHL salary cap is tied to something called hockey-related revenues. Or revenue, which is the, the money that teams generate through ticket sales, broadcast rights, and, and that sort of thing. Um, under the proposal that has been worked out but is not finalized yet, um, the salary cap would remain at ceiling, would remain at $81.5 million at least for next season. Uh, that's the figure it was at for this season. Uh, that's why they the talk is of, of the cap being frozen uh that's not really a a style of cap or anything like that it's yeah. simply uh, an, a tentative agreement between the parties to keep the keep the cap ceiling where it is uh this season just so that the precipitous drop in revenue that was you know brought about by the coronavirus pandemic uh doesn't Completely blow up the game's finances.
0: Okay, so let's say that they that this gets passed and that this is the number, and we know what it's going to be at least for twenty twenty the twenty twenty one season next year. What does this mean for the the Pittsburgh Penguins in regards to their salary cap situation? Are they bellied up to the salary cap like the Pittsburgh Steelers always are, or do they have some wiggle room in terms of maybe bringing in some new players? What are what are the Penguins looking like in regards to this new cap situation?
1: Well, the uh as of right now the Penguins have about 62 million dollars committed in salaries to players for next season, which means they would have under 20 million to re-sign um, all of their uh free agents that that they would like to bring back. Uh the headliners in that group are are the, the two goalies uh Matt Murray and Tristan Jari, both of whom are restricted free agents which means that, in theory, uh, the Penguins should be able to keep them. But from a practical standpoint, even if the cap had gone up a bit, and even if the two guys had agreed that they could live with sharing the job, which seems unlikely because I think they both see themselves as number one goalies, uh, it's not realistic for the, for the Penguins to think uh, that if, if the cap ceiling stays at $81.5 million, that they would be able to bring back both. And they probably would have to let some other restricted guys that they would be interested in keeping walk. Or if they're really committed to keeping those guys, that they would have to trade some players who are under contract maybe for uh, a bit longer than just next season
0: uh, to free up the cap space to keep their RFAs let me ask you this about the goalies because this is such a unique situation for me as a as an outsider's layman's perspective this this playoff whether it's just a qualifying round or whether it's a deep run into the postseason boy could have an impact on these negotiations I mean when you think about it because everyone's assuming you've said it on my podcast the PM podcast on DK Pittsburgh Sports Radio that you think it's Matt Murray's job to lose and I'm not disagreeing with you at all but where would that put in terms of Jari's value? I mean, he had a lot of playing time this season, but how do you think, if, maybe if Murray stumbles in the postseason, would they be able to keep them in a reasonable situation, or do you do you definitely think that one of them is gone? I, I think
1: that they're both in line for significant raises, particularly Tristan Jari, who's still on what's called an entry-level contract. Uh, he's not making very much at all. And given the season that he's had, um, I, I think he's in for for a really hefty raise. Uh, Matt Murray's already making pretty good money, but he has a couple of Stanley Cupperings rings uh, to his credit already. It's not inconceivable that he would add a third uh, this summer. Um, and, it, it, I mean, if that would happen, that would just drive his value, <laughs> yeah, his right. price <laughs> through the roof. Uh, so no, it's uh, for a variety of reasons. It, it's pretty difficult to see both of them coming back next year, especially when they already have a, a capable backup in Casey Desmith in their system, and uh, he's under contract for next season. So th- so they have cost certainty with him. Um, I, it, it's just hard to see uh, them spending the money it would take to to bring back their their two goalies from this season.
0: There, yeah, I mean, the salary cap is the salary cap, and the, the Penguins are going to have to maneuver around it as best as they can entering next season. All right, Dave, last segment here. You know, it, this coronavirus pandemic has thrown a wrench into everything that we used to call normal, and that's including the sports world. Um, you have a baseball season that has gone from 162 games down to 60. You have uh, NFL is already starting to make some adjustments for their upcoming season. And the NHL had to cut their season a little bit short, and now they have these new modified playoffs with round robins and qualifying rounds, and it's, it's different. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just different. And there's a lot of people out there, and I'm not saying I'm one of them, that think that whomever wins this Stanley Cup or this World Series championship should have an asterisk next to that, that year, meaning, yeah, they won it, but it wasn't a typ- typical year. Now, in terms of of hockey, do you agree with that?
1: Well, if if you want to put an asterisk on it because it was not a typical year, I think you should maybe put a half dozen asterisks on it (laughs) because this is the strangest turn of events that I think we've had in anybody's lifetime in the NHL. But if the idea is to somehow downplay the accomplishment, then then I could not disagree more with with that concept. Uh, Team, most teams played. 70-71 uh, games uh, So they got all Within about a dozen of completing a regular season And it's entirely Possible that, that the team That would go on to win the Stanley Cup Would have to win 19 games Not the usual 16 uh, Because of, of The qualifying round that In which 16 teams will participate Before the official playoffs begin So you could certainly make a case that winning this year uh, could be even more difficult than it is in a, in a typical season. Uh, certainly it, it will be a, a playoff unlike any that we've ever seen and hopefully unlike any that we will ever see again with games being played in just one or two cities and no fans and just you know, a, a lot of uh, circumstances that have been dictated by the pandemic. But I think that any team that manages to be the last one standing uh, when this finally ends uh, will have accomplished something very special and, and will deserve all the recognition that goes with being a champion.
0: You know, the crazy thing is you talk about circumstances and how different and unique, and you hope that this never happens again. And I think we can all agree with that sentiment. But if there's a silver lining in this cloud, especially for the Penguins, no one ever thought Jay Gensel was going to be able to play again this year. And now all of a sudden, their forward lines are <laughs> pretty loaded when you look at the acquisitions they made with Zucker and Marlowe. Um, I, I, do you think that plays into this whole, you know, asterisk, not asterisk, but uniqueness of this season in regards to all the NHL teams should be healthy, barring someone having a season-ending surgery just like Nick Bukestad and uh, Simone had?
1: Yeah, that's, uh, I was going to say everybody should be completely healthy, except of course the Penguins. Who, <laughs>
0: uh, but no, there, there,
1: there are a number of players around the league whose participation in the playoffs was iffy at best, uh, had things proceeded on schedule, but, uh, now we'll, we'll be back and, uh, presumably we'll be at full strength, uh, when, when the playoffs begin, uh, my, my, the example that comes immediately into mind is Seth Jones, the defenseman in Columbus, who can be a real difference maker when he's on his game. Uh, it certainly looked like the Blue Jackets, if they qualified for the playoffs, were, were going to be without him. Uh, but now he's, uh, he's healthy and ready to go. And there are quite a few players around the league who will, uh, will get a, a shot at the playoffs that, that didn't seem
0: possible just a few months ago. Hey, it's different. But different doesn't always mean bad.